Hi everyone, and welcome to the Six to the Sticks podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Smith. This podcast aims to shine a spotlight on local businesses, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders who are helping to create a rich and diverse culture within our community. From craft breweries to coffee shops, from contractors to designers, our community is made up of inspiring people and businesses. Join me as we take a closer look at these amazing people and listen to their stories. Hollis's ancestors first settled in what's now known as Alliston in 1913. Five generations later, she and her family are still farming on the same bountiful property. The 80s saw the addition of the retail farm market, pick your own fruits and vegetables, and other fun family farm activities were added in the 90s. Since then, the farm has gone through many iterations, but has always been a constant in the community with their fruits and vegetables and baked goods being a staple at family gatherings and celebrations. Please welcome Hollis. Hi, Hollis. How are you? Oh, good. I'm great. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, I'm sure it's a little, it's nice uh, for your business, especially as the summer starts to wind down. I'm sure that's sort of peak time for you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, definitely. It is. Um, yes, the summer is super busy, but now we're also getting into um, the fall, which we're kind of heading into a super crazy busy season so we've got a couple of weeks of slightly quieter and then it'll be better right <laughs> and crazy. so you are a fifth generation family-run business it's your farm um so why don't you well before we start talking about your business why don't you sort of share with everyone um kind of a little bit about yourself and how if you've always gotten like if you're running the farm now was always in your kind of current plan or kind of how you found yourself in uh in the current role you're in Mm-hmm, for sure. So yes, yeah, so we are a fifth generation farm. Um, and so having grown up on the farm, obviously, that was a huge part of obviously our lives as kids. And um, I took uh, landscape architecture at uni- in university at the University of Guelph, and um, which doesn't necessarily pertain to running a bakery in a farm market. Um, but um, whenever I graduated, I Um, really wanted to um, get back into, I guess, that sort of creativity and that um, I just thought it was such a huge piece of us growing up that it's something that I wanted for our family and that there was so much potential in our farm market, um, family farm market. And my brother had finished post-secondary as well. And he really um, wanted to do the farming side of things. And so I started with the bakery Um, and myself and sisters, um, I guess we're our only bakery employees at the time. And so it um, kind of just evolved from there to where we have um, probably 30 or so um, part or seasonal staff um, and that help us run our farm market and bakery um, every uh, season. I have four small children under the age of six. Uh, so it is busy, but um, I'm super grateful to get to work at our family farm every day uh, with my brother and uh, our wonderful That's awesome. Team. I, I find it interesting that your sort of previous um kind of what you initially went to school for was landscape architecture. It doesn't seem like there would be a lot of things that you could perhaps apply, but 
is there or is there something you've learned from it that you find actually does in fact help, um, you know, now that you're on a uh, different pursuit in terms of owning, uh, like working on the family farm? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that um, I loved that program. It was phenomenal. And I think one of the best things that I learned about um, or was able to cultivate in myself was um, ideas and having vision um, in terms of design and layout and space. And so um, just even being able to present an idea. Um, so I think we did do a presentation probably once a week for four years and, um, you know, you get better at being able to communicate. And so uh, in the work that we are doing at the farm, whether it's like store design, um, we did a lot of graphic design and layouts and things like that. So I learned a lot about um, graphic design and marketing that, that I then applied to marketing, I guess, um, an idea. And I've designed all of our packaging in terms of our boxes in the bakery, um, our logo and all of that type of stuff. So lots of those small skills, certainly. And then in terms of the farm, uh, the bigger aspects um, where the layout of the farm and how you want people to feel a lot about that program was creating spaces and creating feelings for people. So it's when someone arrives somewhere, you know, what are the different layers and elements that create a space, whether it's the sounds or the outside, whether it's inside, colors, lighting, all of that type of stuff that make a welcoming environment. And so I think about those kinds of things a lot in our store and then in, outside in our farm, um, in our pick your own, in our children's area. That's so as interesting. Well. I, I would never have guessed that, but it's really fascinating to hear um, kind of the, some of the things that you've been able to sort of. Um, I guess, change and apply to a completely different business that you wouldn't think you could. Um, and, and you've really taken away a lot, it sounds like. Um, now, for yourself and your brother, obviously being sort of a, the younger generation, have you guys taken it on to sort of bring the family farm into, um, you know, different, I guess, different offerings? Like I know you have really expanded when, when we spoke before, you really shared um, how, how kind of far you've taken the, um, the baking side of it. And are both of you guys sort of responsible for bringing maybe some more modern things or different offerings um, to the farm uh, now that you've sort of you've both taken on larger roles and running it? Yeah, I think um, obviously as children, we experienced the farm in a way that kids do. And it was, you know, always things happening and people there and you know strawberries to pick or pumpkins and so I think a lot of what we do we have we kind of hold that lens where we're like what were the things that we love to do as kids because ultimately what our goal is to make somewhere that is a wonderful experience for families and for children and to be able to um, I guess and ca capture that a little bit. So Calder is my brother and business partner, and he uh, is our farm director. So he's responsible for everything outside. And then I'm our creative director. And so I'm kind of responsible for everything inside. And so I think that we both have, or I know that we both have, we're big visionary dream dreamer people, um, which is lots of fun. And uh, we get to, I guess, yeah, decide what that looks like. So from the outside um, perspective, our agritourism has really expanded in the last probably five years where we're building outdoor space um, for kids to play, different experiences for them in our pick your own and just trying to elevate them. Um, and then obviously this year, um, kind of through lots of curveballs, but I think people recognize more than ever now the importance of outside space and 
being able to be with their family. And then on the inside, I guess the bakery, we kind of have expanded um, what we do in terms of pies and tarts and things that we the kind of newest thing we have done is our baking and cooking classes. And ultimately that was um, something that we could do while people were at home or weren't able to um, come to maybe visit the farm or just wanted to experience, you know, how we bake or cook and empower them to be able to do that at home because, you know, not everyone might is able to have a farm or a big property or, you know, grow their own produce necessarily. Um, and we, I think that, I don't know, my brother and I were talking about it the other day. I think the biggest thing for us is that we all have small children and we, you know, do our best to, you know, make from scratch. Um, but the reality is, is we have small children, we run a business. And so it's, we just try to share as honestly as we can in what we've developed because, we're in doing the exact same thing everyone else is. We're trying to get our kids ready to go to school and get their lunches made. And sometimes they get Happy Meals and sometimes they make something from scratch. And I think with the classes specifically, it was just letting people know that there's no right or wrong answer. That if, you know, you want to try and make a pie one day, that's amazing. It's just being able to build those skills. Or if you can visit the farm to pick berries, that's awesome. But if you can't, you know, look for these kinds of berries in the store or Ontario ones. So I think it's about sharing a lot of knowledge. Um, with other I people. love that. Um, I was actually going to touch on that. I think that's really neat. Um, when I speak to um, other guests I've had on just because of the current time we're sort of faced with for small businesses. Um, you know, one of my questions is how has the pandemic affected things? Have you had to change things up? And for you guys, it's um, bringing some cooking classes, uh, like baking classes online. Um, was that something you guys had thought about doing? Did the pandemic bring that out? And do you think that's something you would continue doing? Because I, I know for myself, um, I really, I, I do have a bit of Zoom fatigue, as I'm sure everyone does. But I do love the convenience of some of the classes that I was previously doing now online. Um, so I'm just curious kind of what your, what maybe was a something that was brought about by the pandemic? Do you think it's something you guys would would continue on? For sure. So we wanted uh, initially way back in the winter um, to do more on farm events. Uh, and so we had planned several different um, events on farm and different programming opportunities. And so for, uh, you know, the reality that we were then faced with that that wasn't a possibility. And we have a wonderful team that has experience in terms of the technical side of things like helping me fix my microphone um, and, you know, allowed um, us the opportunity, I guess, or the idea. So the online classes, you know, they were incredibly encouraging. They said, we should try this. And I was like, I don't know anything about Zoom or, you know, technical this or that. But because we had the people in place to help us um, to execute it, that made it feel, you know, a lot easier. Uh, and the response we got was so great. So we did a Zoom classes initially through um, April and May and um, really positive because no one was going anywhere at that at that time. So people were home on a Saturday. They were home on a Thursday night. No one no one was leaving their house. So uh, we could bank on the fact that people were around, which was awesome. And then when we had positive response with the classes, we went um, to 
um, a model where we started pre-recording the classes and filming them and having them up on um, a platform that they could be accessed anytime as things started to open up people were obviously heading to the cottage or you know out into the world again which is awesome but we still wanted to be that resource um, in the kitchen uh, for them to help them have a great summer learn to cook seasonally so it's something that definitely we were we will continue to do we just did a preserves class that we launched last week, um, making salsa and canned peaches and, and different things. Um, and then we're planning and shooting our Christmas ones in the coming weeks as well um, that we can help um, with Christmas. I think it's also going to be one of those really big holidays, obviously, coming up that people are still unsure of how to execute and what to do and if their family is going to be able to be there or not, it's definitely going to be different than normal, smaller than normal. Um, so we don't want, you know, we want to help in any way that we can. People feeling stressed about making Christmas dinner or, you know, desserts or things that are maybe usually potluck and, you know, so-and-so always brings this and now you're faced with having to cook the whole meal by yourself. And so our Christmas course that we're doing kind of focuses on that, which is something I think is going to be really receptive to oh, people for, for sure. sure. I think that's so innovative because I think you've really tapped into what a lot of people are worried about. And that is just things are so unknown and what maybe we've done previously might not be what we are able to do. Holidays are already a little stressful if you're not typically the one who's perhaps cooking certain things. So I think you've really, you know, tapped into something that perhaps not only relieves stress, but puts people at ease and makes them feel like perhaps gives them some confidence to feel like they can tackle something that might be a little out of their wheelhouse um, typically, but you know, that maybe with, with your help that they can feel like they can, um, you know, confidently try and manage. That's Thank awesome. you. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I think it'll be great. Cause I think too, one of the things that in a normal year, you know, we're so lucky that in the bakery that people that choose to have us be, you know, part of their Thanksgiving or Easter or Christmas or, you know, regular barbecues that I think they're going into Christmas and with all the unknowns, they want to still have tradition. We did a survey on social media recently and asked people, you know, what they were most you know, thinking ahead about for Christmas, what they were stressed or worried about, because we're trying to, you know, think of obviously providing value and what people are looking for. And so many responses were, you know, the traditions that they've always had that they might not be able to carry out. So uh, being able to, yeah, be a, re a resource and have them not feel super stressed uh, going into the holidays or an additional stress, then I think that's just the goal <laughs> for, That's awesome. for everybody. No, you mentioned earlier that you had sort of uh, taken on the branding and um, those kind of things for the bakery. Now, was the bakery always a part of your family farm or is it something that you sort of uh, decided was going to be, you know, your project and, and you totally either introduced it or revamped it or what did that process look like for you? Mm -hmm. So we re... Um, I, we opened the business again in 2010. And so at that time, um, there was a very small bakery in the farm market, the existing the footprint of the building. And when we were little, uh, my parents had a bakery in there, but it was a bake-off bakery, meaning we bought in frozen pies and bread dough, uh, and we didn't make anything from scratch. We, we bought things. And so when we were planning to reopen, um, one of the things that was really important to us is that we transitioned to a full scratch bakery. Uh, so what we did was we gave up a third of the retail um, 
footprint of the store um, in order to make enough space for us to have a scratch bakery. So we gave up that space um, and honestly haven't looked back since. So it has been a, um, so it became, I guess, a bigger part of the farm market, certainly before there was a bakery there. Um, but now it is a full scratch bakery. We're doing everything from scratch ourselves and it uh, takes on a life of its own. And I think, you know, there's different seasons. I talk about that with my brother a lot, how, you know, in certain seasons, the strawberries are, you know, really the, you know, the big sellers and, you know, pies and things are there too. But on a weekend, like Thanksgiving, you know, pies are, you know, a huge part of our sales and Christmas with cookies and gingerbread. So it's a really nice compliment, I think, to the farm itself. We, you know, grow probably about eight main crops on the farm and starting with asparagus, going into strawberries, blueberries, etc. right through, you know, the fall. Um, and all along the way, we can do different baked goods and things like that that go along seasonally. Rhubarb pies in the spring, you know, strawberry rhubarb in the summer. And uh, so it's a great opportunity to use some of the uh, produce that we grow and then also uh, just, you know, get to be creative and, and have at Christmas time, we do a lot of um, completely different things we don't do throughout the year, like shortbread and gingerbread and, and buttercrunch toffee and a whole bunch of stuff. So it's, it's something that in the quieter seasons, like November and December, um, that are rapidly approaching, <laughs> um, somehow, uh, you know, we're planning for Christmas already. My parents, um, when they were first married, um, gosh, 35-ish years ago, uh, they were um, looking for a way to make more income um, once the farming season was done, you know, in October, and they took a chocolate making class, and they um, started doing truffles and this the buttercrunch toffee that we still make, and so in November and December, they have done that. And then starting 10 years ago, we kind of took on that and expanded that um, into the bakery at the farm. And so we do um, wholesale quite a bit of our um, chocolates and uh, shortbread and marshmallows and all sorts of things. Um, so it's, you know, again, obviously a time where there isn't anything growing at the farm, but it, the bakery just really balances out kind of those times for us and allows us to uh, I attract different customers, do different things, but that is still kind of in the same sort of branding. That's awesome. Feeling. I love that. I think it's so neat that your parents took a chocolate making course. That's so great. The, the photos That's are awesome. amazing. They're um, so cute. Now, I'm curious, you, you guys have obviously done a lot to sort of transition and bring the farm, uh, add things that are, are going to appeal to today's market. Um, are there any big lessons learned for you guys? Like anything that, you know, you do differently or, um, you know, advice you'd, you'd give to your past self, that kind of thing. Oh, good question. Um, so many things, I think. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's an evolution in that um, when we very first began Calder, my brother was the only, you know, person out in the fields. And then my sisters and I were the only ones in the bakery. So we were the bakers, the farmers, and then we were also the cashiers. And so it um, has evolved from there. Uh, and, and, you know, I guess naturally, but, you know, we don't need a, we never needed a staff manual until we had staff. And then we didn't need staff parking until there was too many, you know, cars in our regular parking lot. And then, on and on from there and it's just so many little things so I think 
I don't know. I think probably it's, it's nice sometimes to stop and, and remind yourself why you're, why you're doing it. And I think I probably would, would want to do that more. And sometimes you get so kind of ingrained in the day to day or the tasks and, you know, just kind of getting through and, and surviving ultimately. And especially with um, us having small children, you kind of just put blinders on. You're like, okay, what do I have to do today? And what am I going to accomplish? And uh, being able to stop and look more kind of at the bigger picture and go, where are we going? Or, you know, are we headed in the right direction? I think would have served us probably better sometimes. Um, but it, it is an evolution. It's, no it's question. hard. I think it, it I totally appreciate what you said in terms of getting marred in the details because I think it sometimes feels like you haven't made progress but when you look back you're like oh actually we've we have come a long way or we have you know done a lot of what we wanted um, but I think sometimes you forget to look uh, at or appreciate that when you're just going through the daily grind of you know especially establishing your business or revamping it or something like that it can be hard to um, give yourself the credit for all the things that you've accomplished. I know that, you know, myself and, and other people I've talked to are very guilty of that. So, um, I think. Oh my gosh, that is exactly it. And it's, you know, I think again, my brother and I say that all the time, but we're like, you know, we can, we get so caught up in where we aren't yet and where, you know, we haven't achieved this or that, or are we wish that it looked like this. And then exactly, if you take a minute and, go well you know what did it used to look like you know when you're like oh my god like or we look at old photos we're like remember when the bakery looked like this or remember when our desks were in the corner of the bakery like I think seven years out of the 10 are like my desk was in the middle not the middle of the bakery but to the side of the bakery there was like this little corner and then you know two or three years ago we you know built an office and like having a desk was like life-changing or <laughs> You know, when we got soap dispensers instead of pump soap, that was life changing. And you're like, gosh, those it is. Things. Yeah, it's know. the little things that make you feel uh, it's the little day to day things that when you really add them all up, you're like, well, we're doing OK. Like we need to give ourselves a break. We're doing OK. Um, oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And because we're the business is so diverse, there's a bakery, a retail store, a for a farm um agritourism and now there's online classes it's like those are five separate oh, businesses sure. too so every year or every day you give a little bit to each one um and so you go well maybe the bakery doesn't look like it would but if we were only a bakery you know and we had all of our resources and time in that you know sure it would look different but I think that's one of the things that we always talk about making you know our farm unique is that it's not just a bakery it's not just a farm it's not just a store you know it's all of those things and and that's what we have to remind that's so true of. oh I love that and you obviously work with your family um so I'm sure that has its has its good moments and not so good moments um but what do you feel is the best part of you know being an entrepreneur within your community um you know if you could sort of ha pinpoint one thing what has brought you the most joy about this uh the particular role that you're in now I think it is the reflection kind of time when we think about the amount of um, families and the people in our community that are so connected to what we do. Uh, we have, we are five generations, as you had mentioned. And so it's been, you know, over a hundred years, almost 120 years of us being in this community and it's very agricultural oriented. And so I'm proud that 
as a family, you know, we've continued to farm uh, the same farm uh, for over, you know, a hundred years. And then, you know, more recently in the things that we've been working on is recognizing, I guess, how many people, uh, you know, visit our farm and, and the effect that we have, you know, people will say, oh, it's not Christmas unless I get your butter crunch in my stocking. And, you know, and that person is, you know, 30 years old and they've had it in their stocking their whole life. Or I see kids that when we reopened and I was the only cashier, you know, who are now 10 years old, I'm like, oh my God, you used to be in a car seat. Me, your mom would come in and put you in the corner of the market and shop around and, uh, I think too about Thanksgiving when we sit down with our family and we go, okay, how many pies did we sell? And oh my God, how many slices of pie is that out in the world? And and you just are so humbled and so I'm just like, I can't believe that, you know, there's this many slices of pie out in the world this weekend right now that everyone's eating. And you're just, I think, overwhelming gratitude to have such incredible support from our customers and our community is just That's awesome. I think it must feel really gratifying to be uh, to play a role in the memories people are making during important times in their life, be it Christmas or Thanksgiving or even, you know, end of end of school, something like that to sort of have a have a small part in uh, all the memories that they're building with their own families um, must be a pretty special feeling to know that you've sort of contributed to that. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. It is. Uh, and that's, again, like what we remind ourselves in. I, you know, I want to work harder at reminding our team every day too, you know, cause you, you do, you get caught in the, okay, we have to make this many pie shells and pick this many strawberries, you know, but you think those strawberries go on to make jam with, you know, maybe three generations, your grandma is teaching, you know, her daughter and her granddaughter how to make jam or, you know, that pie is going to a graduation celebration and it's just so uh it is it's great because that's that's the best pieces of you know growing up on a farm for us was you know baking was something that we my you know grand grandmothers always did and my mom always did and so and then the farming of course so I think being able to share that with people who don't necessarily bake or um you know don't have a farm and we can kind of be that connection to where their food comes from and and things that remind them of their, you know, grandma, maybe, um, I think it's, it's that's just awesome. Wonderful. So, um, you guys have obviously come a long way. You still got big plans. Um, what's next, or is it just working on sort of some of the stuff you've already implemented as a result of COVID or, you know, it, have you, um, different plans even for, for the rest of 2020 and into 2021? Good questions. What are our plans? I know we had a meeting today and we're like, okay, falls here. What are we doing? Um, so I think a lot of 2020 has definitely been reactionary uh, and just going, okay, this is happening. What are we going to do? Uh, so taking the time to sit and plan, you know, we try every year to do it a little bit better. So in terms of Christmas um, at the farm, I think we're focusing on more virtual uh, experiences and sales online. Uh, we participate normally in a number of craft shows and craft fairs that um, aren't able to be held this year because of um, you know um, restrictions on how many people can be inside spaces. So we're trying to think about different things we can do. So we're planning an outdoor Christmas market um, at the end of November. And so we're looking forward to being able to host something, even if it looks a little bit different, that still allows people to shop in a safe way. 
that they can come and experience something that's holiday oriented. Um, we're planning uh, quite a few different online class options. So the ones I'd mentioned earlier, but some live options as well, because people still want to do things, you know, with their family or a group of friends. And so we're going to be doing some cookie decorating classes online and um, being able to do that, you know, to gather, whether it's your family or a few friends together and be able to still participate in something that's holiday oriented. We're doing a few corporate ones too, where, you know, companies may not be able to have even company Christmas parties and, you know, kind of all of those normal traditional things. And it's like, how can you still experience something and do something with others without, you know, physically being together? So, and then the sales online, certainly for sure in our online store and figuring out shipping, shipping scares me <laughs> for some strange reason. And I'm like, Oh God, I don't know how to figure out shipping. Then I'm like, million, millions of businesses around the world have figured this out. <laughs> I know, but it's, it is daunting when that's not within your skill set. And it just, you know, it's something you've got to sort of um, kind of wrap your head around that. I think, I think a lot of businesses, mm -hmm. I've been really amazed to see how um, quickly and well they've adapted to finding ways to do things like that um, as a result of, of the pandemic and, and us not being able to do a lot of stuff. So um, there's certainly been a lot of innovation as well. So I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to find, if you've managed to do all these other incredible things with your business, I don't think shipping will be able to stop you. So, <laughs> right. I know it's weird what your mental blocks are. My sister-in-law has been amazing. She's been doing our, did our online store uh, with our retail manager um, earlier whenever we were selling online in the spring, but we only did in-store pickups. And so we talked about the idea of starting shipping and, and she's like, okay, well, I can figure that out. And if we do this or do that, and I was like, okay, great. So I think just trusting that we have an incredible team of people that will help to figure it out um, is great. Cause then, cause people, it's, again, it's just something that people have asked for for a long time. They're like, Oh, would you ship? And I'm like, Oh, it's too heavy or, you know, it'll be too pricey. But you know, those are just assumptions that I have that I probably should just investigate before <laughs> I make decisions. Well, this has been awesome, Hollis. Thank you so much. It was so awesome to talk to you. I actually am really looking forward to being able to, now that the fall is here, um, I look forward to being able to come out to the farm and check it out in person because you've just painted such an awesome picture um, that I think it would be a great experience for me and my family. And um, to all those listening, I, I hope that they'll uh, they'll make the drive to Alliston and, and check it out as well. Um, I'm going to put all the information in the show notes so people can get more details on your farm and and um hopefully if you do shipping then maybe there's going to be some opportunity for people uh who live uh, who live a little east to to take advantage of some of the great stuff that you guys do but it's been a real pleasure uh, wonderful thank you so you're much so for welcome me. we'll talk soon thanks so much for joining us on the six to the sticks podcast don't forget to subscribe now wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Also, sharing is caring, so please spread the word and feel free to send us your questions or comments and any suggestions for future guests you'd like us to feature. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time.